Hello and welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm James Carey. And I'm Dave Cohen. And today we are talking about the mistakes of the new writer. And uh, we'll get on to exactly what we mean by that in a moment, uh, because Dave has been reflecting on his days as a new writer in a different genre from what he's been doing before. And he's realising that he's maybe making some of the mistakes that uh, new sitcom writers tend to make. And we're, we're reading the fruit of some of those scripts in our script competition, yeah. uh, which got pretty much as many scripts as we thought, which was a lot. Do you want to say a bit about that, Dave? Yep, we're busy reading through them at the moment. And, uh, you know, actually, I, ha- I, have, been, I have been enjoying it. Uh, there was a, a, a time, I thought, over Christmas where I thought, oh, my God, how am I going to read this amount of script and then I started reading and I just you know it's just very interesting and really uh the the, the spectrum of of subjects and uh you know the the approach yeah. to them has been uh, I've been I've been re- really kind of you know ne- never a dull moment really I think is a fair yeah it's a good say. way of putting it actually yeah because we've had is it 884? Uh, it's actually 886 is the actual final official number. One sn- snuck through uh, after the deadline. Okay. Had been caught in cyberspace, apparently, or something. So, okay. Well, yeah. I'm sure we'll let that one sneak in under the wire. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. In an in a Indiana Jones grab the hat at the last <laughs> moment kind of a way. Yeah. And it um, wins the competition. Yeah, well, well, I mean, it might. Who, who knows? Yeah. I, I love the spirit of optimism that you've got, which I still have. Because although we're not we're not both going to read all eight hundred, um, you know we're gonna we're, we're sort of dividing it and reading the first ten pages. And Hattrick are also doing some reading as well, and they've put up the prize money for this. And we'll be hopefully having a conversation with whoever wins and any other scripts that look uh, interesting. But I think what it's it's good to know uh, that every time I open the next script to read, and we don't know who's written it, the names are all redacted, taken off, no idea. Um, you're excited and you're looking forward to it before you actually hit that button to sort of start reading it. You're just thinking, I wonder what the next thing's going to be. And you're hoping it's going to be good, aren't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because you want a fun read and we like jokes and we love sitcoms and we want to find new voices and new writers and suddenly... um, So I think be encouraged uh, that your script is not being... We're not trying to find technicalities on which to um, to, to throw scripts out, because although we do have over 800, nearly 900 scripts, um, unfortunately, because of mistakes that people are making, that that number shrinks to the next round quite quickly because lots of scripts are falling at the first hurdle um, and making all of the mistakes that we have been begging you to avoid in the last 183 episodes of this podcast and in various courses that uh, we run and various books uh, that we've written. Um, Do you want to say anything about about that, Dave, or any other reflections on what you've read so far? Yeah, I think um, we were talking in the uh, last episode about that, that, you know, that thing about, you know, why me? Why am I the person to be writing this? And... uh, you know, on on a few occasions, I've definitely thought that this is something that, you know, I, regardless of the, the the quality, here here is somebody who's writing about something either in a way I've not seen it done before, or, you know, it's very very specifically related to 
to you know it, it, it's kind of looking at a, something from a something that i haven't seen before a new angle so it's obviously got some kind of personal attachment to it so so good from that point but but too many really are just you know a bu- there's a bunch of people in a room chatting you know uh there's uh, and, and uh, then they go to another room yeah and do some more chatting yeah and you know it just just things that so that, 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 that i think we you know we have talked about this many times uh and and i do sometimes worry uh you know when we've done 183 episodes and and sometimes i say to james or james says to me oh haven't we done that before or whatever we've said that before but as james pointed out uh you know yeah just but however many times we say it it doesn't seem to doesn't seem to go in really yeah it doesn't Uh, make any difference because we're now reading the result yeah and it's like oh nothing's happening on the first 10 pages and the protagonist is passive yeah uh and here are four characters in the first page and they've got slightly different names and but they're all kind of about the same age and they're all kind of speaking in the same voice and which one is that and i you know i'm trying i'm trying to i'm trying to get a flow going as i'm reading it and i'm trying and i get halfway down the page oh i've got to go back to the beginning and oh that's the character who said that and you know oh that's the one who's mean oh they're not being mean now it's the other one's being mean oh what's what's you know and so that again those things you know not your characters are not distinct enough or they're not saying anything much or the story is not moving those are all the very kind of basic problems uh the classic ones of the people who've known each other for 20 years but this is their the first conversation we read is where they tell each other stuff that they've that 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 they know about each other anyway i think one thing that feels like if i had one bit of advice based on the reading i've done so far Uh, it would be this, is you really don't need to start at the beginning. You don't need to start at the beginning of the day. You don't need to start at the beginning of the meeting. You don't need to start at the beginning of the birthday party. You don't need to start at the beginning. Uh, And and of course, including uh, day day one of the job, which I know is your bugbear, James, and I've read, I've already had some of those. Oh, it's first day at work, you know. And yeah, one particularly heartbreaking one, which I still think is quite good, uh, where it's actually quite an interesting premise and the script is quite funny, but the character that the script is clearly about is reacting to a funny sort of customer who is really funny. So this person can clearly write, uh, but what they've done is they've just given all the jokes to the wrong person and this person is now just reacting for 10 pages. Um, So... It is really frustrating, um, but you, but yeah, I would just say, just work out how can you cheat by not starting at the beginning. So we don't need to see someone getting up. We don't need to somebody waiting outside on their first day at work. You know, can we start with the first thing that goes wrong for them and apologising that it's their first day, and you've just saved eight pages. Um, you know, it's like I'm looking for the photocopier. Sorry, I'm new here. Okay, well, we've established that this is their first day without having them nervously stand around outside checking they've got the right address and all, which isn't really revealing much in the way of character. Um, or they're behaving like a total psycho at work and then revealing that it's their first day. Okay, whoa, <laughs> who is this? Yeah. 
you you miss the opening three pages, which is the getting up in the morning and yep. putting on the clothes and and uh, having the conversation with the wife about or the husband about. Well, it's the first day at work today. <laughs> you know, there's, yeah. there's, 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 am I wearing the right thing? Should yeah. I wear this or should there's, I wear that? There's, there's all that as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. So in fact, you're you know I. I would be happy to see. Oh, it's my first starting at the first day of work. Um, but sometimes you don't even get that. And just bear in mind that the shows that you see on TV don't do that. So I know that we've got big problems here with people trying to write comedy dramas and setting up stories that then get paid off in this episode and all that kind of stuff. And the reason that people do that is because TV shows, streaming services, there's a big ambiguous moment about what's a comedy what's a comedy drama what's a drama what's a serial what's a box set all that kind of stuff so people are making of you know making decisions based on what they're watching but one thing that these all of these programs are not doing is getting on with it they're all sorry is that sorry they're all getting on with it none of them are waggling on the t too much with the exception of the first episode of ted lasso which is all set up and in my view almost entirely unnecessary um, and could be replaced uh, with two minutes at the beginning of episode two. Yeah. Uh, so um, that would be the rare exception. But in general, most episodes just crack on and get on with it. Um, and again, learn from learn from the greats. And the, this was this discovery I made last year, which I did mention. But it's worth worth checking yourself if you can. If it's still Life on Mars, if it's still on iPlayer, I really recommend you you uh, watch the first ten minutes and then read the first ten pages of the script on BBC Writers Room, and you'll find there's a there's a massive massive plot thing that they that it's in the film script. And they actually filmed it as well. So so they actually only lost this in post production. They, uh, which is that if I mean for for those of you who don't know the show, but it's you know the guy who uh, in the first ten minutes Sam Tyler the policeman gets he's in, he's knocked over by a car and he he ends up in nineteen seventy three in the same place. Yeah. Um, but there's a whole subplot of the, the the first two or three pages that he splits up with his wife who he's also working with. Uh, in the f- opening pages of the script, yeah, and it's a big, it's a big opening. It's a great big opening. It's like, oh, we split up, and then oh, there's a cr- crime that we're both working on. And that's the f- first first twist reveal is they're a they're a partnership and they're working on this crime, but they just had this conversation f- about three minutes at the beginning where they decide they're going to split up, and the whole splitting up bit has gone in the in life yeah. on mars there's nothing it's never mentioned and yet obviously that was a really that that stayed that was a really big thing all the way through many many meetings and rewrites yeah. and everything and you know poof, disappeared Didn't i bet it. you I, I mean i hope <laughs> that that was an exec producer being brilliant because that's the kind of thing that an exec producer says which is infuriating but turns out to be right a really good exec producer will watch that having not been deeply involved in the whole thing. And then the note comes back just going, just, you know, I like the bit where you got hit by a car, um, you know, lose the first three minutes. And the writer sort of screaming, you can't take out the first three. It's absolutely vital. It's absolutely. And then the moment they take it out, they just go, oh, yeah. don't you don't miss it, do you? I'd, I'd love to find out actually the, the reality the nerd that I am I'm not sure there are many other people who want to know but we should uh, we should the, find um, out I missed my chance because the one of the co-writers the cre- creators of that show called Matthew Graham 
mm-hmm. uh, used to live in my parents' village. <laughs> and um, he, in fact, he used to do music hall at Christmas with my parents <laughs> prancing around on the stage uh, for the local village. And now he lives in Hollywood. So there's my chance gone. <laughs> well, move to Hollywood, James. You never know. But the possibility is still there. So anyway, I will try and find out. But um, but this is it's a great show because it sets up. It's not a sitcom, but it sets up what the show is super fast. He wakes up. He ends up walking into the police station, has a blazing row with Gene Hunt, one of the funniest, greatest comedy creations of the last 50 years, who ends up pinning him against the wall. And when he says, what year is it? He suddenly says, like, or oh, what time is it? It's like it's about it's 1973 about tea time. I'm having oops. And it's just like, that's all you need to know, really, yeah. is that, you know, a policeman is sort of beating him up and telling him the year um, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, that, that's that's good. So rookie mistakes are easily made. And Dave Cohen has had the joy of making them all over again. Do you want to explain yeah. a bit about that? It's, uh, yeah, I finished, I, I set myself uh, a goal uh, this year, which was to finish the first draft of my second novel, woo-hoo, uh, by the end of uh, 2021. And uh, I managed at 4.35 on New Year's Eve. Uh, I wrote the end. I was very excited about that. Um, but, and I haven't looked at it. I'll I'll get back to it soon, but I've I've left it for now. Um, but it's I it's going to prove start... in the drawer, isn't it? It's like you just yeah. you got to put it away, just yeah. like get some fresh perspective on it. Come back later. And you know, every writer goes through whenever you're writing anything. You go through um, every day at least five times a day. You go, this is fantastic, and then at least another five times you go, this is a complete pile of crap. Um, mm. And so imagine that, you know, you get that with a 5,000 word sitcom. Imagine that with a 100,000 word, (laughs) three months worth of novel. So I've been through all that stuff. But actually, I really noticed this time around how the second, uh, how there were so many things that were different, regardless of the quality of what I've written so far, that that my emotional uh, attachment to the second in the series of these novels was uh, very, very different to the first. And it started me thinking about that that whole time that I spent writing that first novel. And it made me think about, uh, especially thinking about all these scripts that are coming through and people sending their their scripts in. And and a lot of you, I know, um, this will have been the first uh, script that you wrote. And, and um, And you might have written it three years ago and you've got this suddenly this competition comes up you go all right that's the script that's that is the thing that that fires me up and that's the the first mistake that I want to mention really is a number of uh, mistakes that I realize and that is the fixation on this one script this is this is this is the one this is the thing this is my ticket to success and and I realise, uh, uh, and you know, I'm quite proud of that first book that I wrote, and I think it is pretty good. But it's it's kind of forty years of of <laughs> forty years of of of, of uh, heartfelt passion and failure to be a, a, a novelist yeah. have gone into that, and it's um, you know, I'm really uh, quite sort of pleased with it. But there's, I can see, I can see now there are a lot of things. Um, that I didn't do in the second book because I got that all out of my system. And so 
you know that danger there is a danger of that first script that you write and you think that that that's you you think this is this is what I want to do and until I've written this one I can't continue and actually that proved to be the case with me that I I had to get past writing that first one it took me 40 years so I'm saying don't wait 40 years okay you know if you've been if you've been working on that same script a lot and a lot of times and, and, and several times and come back to it, just leave it for now, but start a new one. Do start and do finish. Start and finish a new project. Yeah. And um, that that's a good way because that takes, that takes the kind of emotional trauma out of that feeling of, you know, that, that, that attachment that you have to this thing that you love so much. And maybe that's one of the things about being a new writer and what, what what stops new writers from developing is maybe they're just too close to that first, uh, to, 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 to that one project that they think this is the one. And, you know, it happens all the time. We, we, we've seen it and, um, you know, we know, we, we meet people and they say, someone will say to us, someone will or someone will email me and they say, I've got a really fantastic idea. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is yet because I don't want to put it out there, but this is a really brilliant idea. And, you know, it may well be a brilliant idea. Thank you thank you for telling me that. But yeah. until you actually turn it into the thing, that's all it is. It's just an idea. And it's, you know, it's you're not going to, you're not going to sell that idea. Yeah. And, and we're, just with an eye back to the competition, I'm reading these scripts thinking also, is there a show in here? You know, this this kind of probably isn't it, but maybe it's close to it. Maybe there's something. I have read one where I just thought, oh, you know, I can kind of see this. Um, this isn't far away from what it could be that could that could possibly work now. But... Even then, it's not like, oh, great, well, this is good. Just tart this up and shoot it and you're done. It's like, mm, no. Um, there's So even the stuff that's, even if there's one script that we've got of the 886 that we've got that actually goes the distance and makes it to a TV pilot, the resemblance of that TV pilot to that one script is probably going to be probably a little bit distant. It'll be probably recognisable. Um, but yeah, so... And that's the problem. If you then fixate on that one project, it also means that when it does start to change, you're going to be horrified because it's like you've got this one platonic ideal of the show in your head. And in actual fact, if you've been working on this idea for such a long time, it might have seemed perfect to you in 2007. But it is now 2022. And it's unlikely that what would have worked in 2007 is what people are wanting to watch in 2022 in exactly this, you know what I mean? So the incarnation of that idea, I mean, even just to give a tiny example, there was a joke uh, in a Milton script that we did, uh, we recorded on Sunday night for the next Radio 4 series. And it just didn't feel like it was kind of quite working. And I was saying to Milton about how we sort of fix it. I was like, was this based on a one-liner that you used to do? He's like, oh yeah, it used to be that. And he sort of told me what it was. I was like, oh, okay. And it was clearly like, oh, that's sort of for five years ago you did that. I just, I think this joke could work, but it requires a bit more of a setup for people to kind of 
be okay that we're, it's okay, we're not doing a joke about the thing that people are now worried about. We are doing a joke about this other thing. You know, it's sort of a gender specific kind of thing. And in the end, we just cut it. Because it's just, it's too, it's, there's too much of a fiddle to get it to work because the joke was conceived of five years ago. And so if you do fixate on one project, then there's just going to be this gap between the version you've got in your head when you thought of it and the world that we're now living in uh, that, that might, may or may not commission this thing. And of course, statistically, awfully, horribly, I'm afraid, it is incredibly unlikely to be commissioned because, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, we've got nearly 900 scripts. Um, and, you know, there are probably 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 other people also writing scripts at the moment. And they're only making how many sitcoms a year? Eight, 10, 12. And two thirds of those are by writer performers. Um, so... That's the problem. One of the problems of fixating on one project um, beyond the the discipline of just seeing it as writing. And I think that's the second thing just to before we come back to next on your list is how, um, again, it's so personal if your project is turned down, but you don't have any power to get your show commissioned. The only thing you have power over is to improve your skills as a writer. And so you need to see your script as a way of improving your skills. Um, and this may or may not be something which ends up getting made or getting attention. But then the next thing will be, and it's better. And you're already probably happier with that second novel than you were with the first. Yeah. I mean, this does lead into the second thing, which is, and again, this is something you've said a lot on the on, on this uh, show. Um, and here's an example of me not, taking our advice but you know you always say you know your sitcom script will not get made you say you say that with certainty um yes, and six you know yeah, failure is virtually certain yeah, success yeah. is the outlier and actually i'll tell you what i'm going to come to number three on my list because this is uh this is very pertinent um number th i'll come back to this number two um but so your script will not get made and i listened to that and i thought yeah, he's right about that. He's right to tell all these people who think their first sitcom is going to be made that it's not going to get made. But that doesn't apply to me. And I, and I, and I bet you all thought that as well when James said that. James said, yeah, uh, he's right. The first sitcom won't get made. He's right. He's right in 99.99% of, of, of cases. But, you know, look at X. Their first one did get made. And I'm going to be like X. And I can't, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't quite, and I'm, and I'm embarrassed admitting it here on this show now. The number of times that I've listened to you, James, say, your script will not get made. And me nodding my head going, yeah, 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 good. Um, yeah, good, good. You're right, James, you know. Uh, yeah. It's so, depressing, yeah. but it's statistically true. It's true. Uh, but of course, in the case of my first novel, you know, it, it's, um, it's such a great idea. And it's, and it's good. And I, you know, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it. It's great. I really like it. There's lots of good things about it. But already having just written this vomit draft of the first uh, draft of the second novel, which needs needs a lot of work, I know, will get an awful lot of work. But already I can see in some ways how much better it is. 
uh, than uh, the, the or, or how many things I've learned from having got that first one out of the way. So um, so that was the, you know, I, I, I learned, but I didn't think it applied to me. That's number three. But I'll come back now to number two, which was I assumed that the first one would be the best uh, and that it would be, you know, and there is more in publishing, I suppose, than sitcom, but there is this sort of fixation on the debut novel. And the fact is that actually, if you look at these debut novels, um, they aren't debut novels. They're the first novel that got published. They are, um, you know, like um, the, the, the great example is um, Harper Lee's book, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, which was uh, the, the huge success, massive success. Um, and that was massive, massive hit. And then no more, never another book from Harper Lee. But then uh, once Do you know died, why? Well, yeah, because she, she had this book called, I can't remember what the title was, but it came out after she died. Uh, go something, go to the mountain or something. Right. And that turns out that was actually the first novel that she wrote. And it wasn't very good. And it got turned But the down. reason she wasn't even more prolific is because she spent most of her time answering letters. Well... And if it was now, it would be email. Yeah. So she was not... You know, she, she wrote this one great novel, and the reason she didn't write any more novels is that she basically spent the rest of her life answering emails. I would, re I would rephrase that and say the reason that she spent the rest of her life writing uh, emails or letters was because she found that she couldn't come up with a she, she found it impossible to come up with something uh, maybe the displacement but activity yeah she had this first the first novel that she actually wrote was the one that was eventually published after uh, you know around the time she died and it got completely slagged off and everybody said it's a terrible book uh but it was actually written before <laughs> to kill a mockingbird so so when you hear people say oh yeah it's my first sitcom uh it's the first sitcom that got made, okay? So you do need to have written two or three uh, scripts, uh, including that one that, that you've been fixated on um, before you actually, um, you know, before the first one gets made. And it's worth bearing in mind that um, the Da Vinci Code was book two. Oh, right. And people <laughs> didn't know Dan Brown and Angels and Demons, um, which they all read and rushed out to buy after people had uh, got uh, the Da Vinci Code. So, you know, again, it's like... And, and nobody paid attention to Harry Potter till book three, I don't think. I think the first book did okay. Um, so, again, we kind of look back on success as being inevitable. I mean, my own version of this is I wrote a novel and I thought it was going to be published. And I, I had grounds for optimism. It was partially set in Bletchley Park during World War Two, And I was the writer of a BBC Radio 4 sitcom called Hut 33. And, and, and I was represented by a literary agent whose main thing was fiction. Nope, nobody wanted to publish it. And it was like, oh. And I was genuinely, it hadn't occurred to me when writing it that literally not one publisher would want to publish it. And they didn't. So it was like, oh, okay. And, and now I look back on it and just go, I have a feeling that they didn't publish it because it wasn't very good. As in, 
I think it was okay in places. And I thought to myself, should I go back and try and fix it? It's like, no, it'd just be quicker and easier to write something else, which will probably be better. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's my version of failed novel. Well, crossword ends in violence. Yeah, and or well, you know, first attempt at something in a new genre. And I'd be quite, yeah. I'd be quite interested to know the the, the journey that got you f- to your first um, Shakespeare and Hathaway uh, script. Actually, Did it, oh that... yeah, yeah, that was hard. Um, and it was partly how was it? It was partly because of Father Brown. So I wrote an episode for the benefit of the listeners. I wrote an episode of Shakespeare and Hathaway, which is a daytime. A kind of uh, comedy murder mystery series, um, which sells very well internationally as well, I believe. And, but actually, the area of interest for me was Father Brown, where I thought I've got a com- I've got a commercial advantage over other people because it's based on books by G.K. Chesterton, and I'm a huge G.K. Chesterton fan. It's set in the church. I go to church. Um, this is a show that I can really get into, and I'd like murder mysteries, and I watch murder mysteries, and I like them. But as I was pitching stuff, it was I had to learn again that the rules of murder mystery are different from situation comedy. And and I, I just couldn't get anything on. And by the time I actually came up with a half-decent idea, um, the, the window had closed. But then this window opened for Shakespeare and Hathaway, by which time I'd actually started again, started to learn the lessons, uh, started to, you know... Um, started to jump through the hoops and eventually got a storyline that they liked and I got to write it. Yeah, that's so uh, that 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 sounds like quite a journey then to get to yeah. your first first script. So that is a thing. So, you know, the, the don't assume that because it's the, the the first thing and in fact assume the opposite. Assume that um the the first one is it, it, it's teaching you uh, yeah. stuff. It's getting your bad bad habits out of the way. And that, that... It's a bit like, also, if I may say, Dave, mm. it's like doing your scales, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that's how you improve. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm, I'm noting in the background I can hear some yeah, scales being played on the piano. I've got a bit of a that's right. piano lesson going on in the background there. So, Fair enough. Uh, we're nearly... We're, yes, great. But it's, uh, what, what, what else have you learned, Dave? Uh, yeah, so... Um, and again, this is all linked into this whole idea of your emotional commitment to, to your... Uh, thing and this is something that I've seen a little bit in the hat trick competition and again it's something we've talked about a lot and I really understand it now and uh, there's this thing of we talk about show don't tell um, and the, the reason that the first script that we write the reason the first thing we do there's too much tell and there's not enough show it's because we are so we love this project so much and we just we we haven't quite yet learned how to kind of disguise things and be dispassionate with it but we we are um we've got too much we 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 know these characters so well we're going to tell you you know so when he you know and, and again there are lots of examples in my first book you know uh I th- oh i'm going to do this he he lied while doing such and mm. such a thing and it's, i can't resist telling because i've got that joke in my head uh, he said that but he didn't mean it but you know that's the skill of being a writer is is to get that across without having to say he lied it's to mm. and 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 i'm i've seen it a lot in these hat trick scripts and that's where i recognize it i thought oh yeah this is somebody who's you know that the character saying this thing about yeah and oh yeah and of course you're going to say that because you're the guy that does blah 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 um mm. and it's like you 
you you you love the the funniness of what this character's like, and you want you can't wait to get that out to us. Or, but you need to take a step back from that and say, actually, there's got to be a, a funnier way of of showing this that isn't the character saying, "I'm the character, I'm the person who does X, Y, and Z." Um, hmm. So that's 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 a, a, another uh, one. If I don't, if you've got anything to add to that, tell, don't show. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of my experience too. I think also, if you're passionate about something and it's clear, I've not read, I don't think I've read anyone particular with this where they're trying to get a particular point across and everybody either violently agrees with that main point or violently, implausibly disagrees. Um, but I'm not, I think that's related, but not quite the same. But okay. um, but yeah, carry on. What's okay, the so um, the next one then is that I, um, so as I say, I'm quite pleased with the book, uh, the first book. It's not bad. Um, but the mistake that I made when I published it, and lots of people said nice things about it, and I thought, oh, right, uh, people like it. It's good. I'm, I'm good at, a nov- at writing novels. I mistook that with, I can make a living <laughs> writing novels. Uh, and actually, you know, being good at something is the first is the first point. You know, being validated by your peers is a fantastic thing, and it's lovely when it happens. But it does not butter the parsnips, as the saying goes. Um, yeah. And and so I had a kind of unrealistic idea, even even as I was being realistic and thinking, I know I'm writing a novel. Nobody makes money from novels. This is the world, the real world. I'm doing it because I've always wanted to do it and I've finally done it and I've got this first one out and people have liked it and they've liked it enough to make me think I should try and do another one. Okay. And I, and I had all this kind of, you know, the logic in the, going on in my head. But at the same time, I was also thinking, okay. And then, so if I get this second one out, then a year from now, I'll have sold so many copies and da, 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 da. And then, you know, over the six months after I, Book the book out and sold fifty four copies. <laughs> I thought, hmm, uh, it's going to take me a little bit longer than uh, five years to, uh, if I'm yeah. lucky, to get all the money back. Not that it's cost me a huge amount, but I, I have done an audio version and that has cost me a lot of money. So uh, it's going to take a long time uh, to 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 uh, to break even on it. Uh, but but. Because people were saying it was good, you know, it's great. Again, uh, you know, I'm not trying to, not, 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 not trying to kind of uh, put put you off or anything. But even if you're good, you know, it doesn't necessarily yeah. guarantee that you're going to get anywhere with it. Um, and in a way, I think that's the another thing. Just reading those scripts is being able to write something that's funny isn't enough. So I've read some, I've, you know, most of the scripts that I've read so far are quite funny. One or two really aren't very funny at all. Um, but most of them are have funny stuff in them. And I can see, you know, I, I can see where the jokes are. And I guess, in, and they, they work and sometimes they work. But I'm just reading something that doesn't have any reason for being in a script, in, in a scene that doesn't have a beginning or an end. Um, and... And it with for a story that hasn't started yet, and um, for a character with a remarkably similar name to another character, um, so all of that craft stuff that you really need to work on um, is as important as raw basic uh, talent of like, are you funny? In a way, it's just like, well, 
I hope you're funny, but you need to be prepared to work hard and do deep work, as we talked about in the last episode. Um, because just being funny isn't enough. It's like how, how you're trying to create a weird document that is a blueprint for a TV show, you know. So, uh, and that takes quite a lot of skill um, and practice and perseverance. Yeah. Okay, well, I've just got one more thing for now, but I, I think there are more, but I, I, <laughs> I, haven't, uh, I haven't added to this list, but I, I just kind of quickly wrote these down. But, there are, but, but the main uh, thing is regarding the fact that I guess that um, even I, I, had a, I had a plan, I had a long-term plan, and uh, you, sh you must have a long-term plan, but my long-term plan wasn't realistic um so have a long you, you you have to think of this as a long-term plan um and you if you did enter the hat trick competition um whatever stage you're at in your writing career i think you i i, I suggest you you look at it as um year year one of your five-year plan um and who knows if there's going to be another one but uh another hat trick competition or whatever but but what you need to do is you really need to think of a five-year plan and you know sometimes I ask people what um, what what their plan is and they'll say well you know maybe five years down the line it would be great to have had a uh, like a, a, a sitcom script commission so pe people people check their ambitions they don't go oh yeah five years now I expect to be a screenwriter in Hollywood you know um, they're, they're, they they know that, that that's what they're thinking but they're going well i can't really say that but yeah yeah five years now i'd be very pleased if i had my sitcom script commission but that's kind of the wrong thing to be focusing on you know five years from now think how think how much you can learn uh, mm. as a writer in five years separate from whether or not you get any jokes on breaking the news or you get a, some uh, radio script commission or you know somebody likes your sketches your sketches online go viral or whatever Se separate from any of those kind of things that you might want to do in the next five years really have a five-year plan of how you want to uh, you know become a better writer get your name out there um, and you know just just really kind of work work at the things that you have control over um and and that that's i i i sort of had it but you know i didn't really i hadn't really thought it's going to take me five years if i'm lucky to make money back as a as a novelist you know if i make money at all from it um Whereas I had this sort of plan, I was sort of thinking, well, maybe from about three years I'll be earning this amount from it. But actually, you know, don't even think about that. Just think about how many books can I get out there? How many, how much better can the next one be than the previous one? And how am I going to, you know, get people interested in it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, that 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 was the other. That was a, a sort of big big mistake, I think. Long term yeah, I think plans. That's such good advice. Yeah, not have a five-year plan but that plan can't be dependent on on the planets aligning and other people doing stuff that's not in your control so yeah getting a script commission in the next two years and getting a show on tv in five years not neither of those things are within your gift to do but you can make a plan to have written three sitcom scripts for different shows by the end of um 2023 or write one script this year plus make a youtube sketch and then the following year uh, write a podcast mini series 
um, and write another sitcom script. And then the, the year after that, go to the Edinburgh Festival and see a whole load of stuff and then do this and do that and try try other things, you know. Write a, so write a radio think, script, you know, write a radio sitcom, yeah. write a kids' TV idea, but, you know, don't just write it randomly. Just really get to know radio, mm. get to the... So it's about getting to know the whole world of comedy. That, uh, that, that I remembered now, that was another of the things mm. that I didn't do, was about, you know, kind of know your industry. And um, because mm. I've been self-publishing, I sort of thought, well... Yeah, it's worth me finding out a little bit, but hey, I just mainly need to know about self-publishing. But actually, you've got to know what's being made and what people are wanting to buy and what what you know what people are interested in and what people are watching, and you know, much that you might love to do your own thing. You know, and I'm not saying write for the market because we don't really know what the market is, but but be aware of the sorts of things. That are going on in your world professionally, you know. Keep keep mm. up with, with 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 what's going on, really. Yeah, yeah. Or I mean, something else. Somebody was talking the other day about just sending one email a day to someone with an example of your work or something, you know. So you you can't control what responses you get, but what you can do is ask people, you know. So you can work on your career as well as your scripts, but again, those are based on what you're doing. Uh, rather than um, stuff landing in your lap or getting that lucky break. And it tends to be the harder you work, the luckier you become, which is such a cliche, but it's it's true. That's why it's a cliche. One book that I will mention, and we had them, uh, they guested on our show, uh, Danny Stack and Tim Clark of the... Uh, the UK mm. Scriptwriters Podcast, which is a great, great show. And uh, they're both uh, great writers, and they're both great people for helping new writers. And uh, I think yeah. their book is called The Scriptwriters Handbook. And that talks a lot about, you know, getting to know, not just being a better writer, but, you know, learning to network. You can do it. Even in COVID times, it is possible to, to you know, to get to know people and to, yeah. just, just to get to know the, the business really well. Episode 141 is when we talk to them, uh, to Danny and Tim, and they're really infectiously just get out there and try making something and doing something. Great. Well, I think that's uh, enough to be going on with. Um, so Dave's going through the whole process again of trying and failing and trying and failing. But uh, what does success look like? Well, I think it looks like improving, getting better. Um, because, and you know, and bear in mind, no one's asked you to do this. Uh, this is on you. Um, if you don't, if you don't want to do this, then then do something else. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So we it's just the pressure we put ourselves under, isn't it? We sort of start to imagine things, and then um, yeah. Well, in, enough self psychoanalysis. Uh, psycho well, analysis. I'll tell you, I, I think the five year plan thing is one of the best things that I've found to, to uh, alleviate that stress. And, uh, you know, once you do start to think of it in terms of two, three, four, five years down the line, it just relaxes you a bit. Whereas when you're thinking, got to get this perfect script right for this hat trick competition because there's not going to be anything else for another year or whatever, you just kind of, you know, it, it takes the pleasure out of it, really. And also bear in mind that in five years' time, people will still want to watch television and laugh. So that's not, that's not going away. Um, the, the people making it and writing the checks and making the programmes and the tastes may be slightly different and they'll be different again in 10 years' time and 15 years' time. 
but people like watching stuff and they like laughing. So it's not as if we're not wasting our time on some, you know, uh, rarefied pursuit uh, that, c that, that simply isn't applicable anymore. Um, so I think there are plenty of reasons to persevere. Keep going. Uh, Dan's where it says perseverance is fertile. Perseverance is fertile. That's great. Nice one, Dan. Uh, cheers, Dave. Thank you, James. Thanks for listening, and I'll speak to you next time. Thanks a lot.